So many hand motions. So many hand motions. Oh, we'd all need a, <laughs> to listen to a, quite a bit of carbon afterwards. <laughs> Cleanse the palate. So first of all, how dare you actually interject <laughs> solid theology in a serious manner on this podcast? Okay, so my question is, I mean, how bad would it be if you were a woman in the Old Testament to be a member of, of a royal harem? Like if you were one of the 600 wives or 400 wives, whatever it is, Rich, how bad would that really be? Uh, I, I think the food would be better, right. Uh, than other places and, uh, maybe a more comfortable bed. I don't know. I think of like, really, I don't know that I have a great picture of what life in ancient Israel look like. Like in my head, I'm picturing, um, like, people in the, the peasants in like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I'm not sure if that's an accurate. Do you, do you know the picture that I'm, I'm painting? Is that. I, I just built a lot of grime. Is that where you're going? A lot of grime. Yeah. Like it, I just kind of dingy dirty. Like I know it wasn't the same climate, And so like maybe not as like maybe more dusty than uh, muddy, but <laughs> so I can't imagine life in the palace would be quite like that. Here's my, here's my hot take. Here's my hot take, Rich. All right. Pastor Rich, me. by the way. Ooh. Newly minted pastor. I'll just call you Pastor Rich from the rest of for the rest of this episode. Here's my hot take. Having 600 wives as king of Israel, slightly mm-hmm. overrated. Slightly, slightly overrated. overrated. Being, yeah. Being one of the 600 wives, maybe slightly underrated. All right. I, I, I follow you with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a woman, and listen, I'm not saying this is good or this is, uh, I'm just, it is, it was what it was. You, you, mm-hmm. You're a woman, Old Testament times, you don't have a lot of career options available to you. Right. It's basically have babies and die at the age of 37. Right. Yeah. Not a good, not a good option. Uh, and if you're in the royal, you know, you're taking care of your life expectancy, maybe you're looking at living to 43, even 44. And pushing up there, yeah. If you just do the math, like, I think you were, you were trying to figure this out a little while ago. You get a knock on the door how often? Like every couple of years, maybe? Yeah. So it was a thousand women altogether, right? Like 600 wives and 400 concubines, or? Yeah, something like that. It's, that's roughly the number. And so 365 days a year, assuming that he's going at it every day of the year. I mean, that, that's maybe once every three years, pretty much. You're, yeah. you're getting the knock on the door. Yeah. Could yeah. you, could you have a shadow family? Could you have yeah. a shadow family as one of the concubines? Wait, okay. Shadow family. I'm, I was thinking on the, from the female end, like, could you have a, an actual, like a, a husband that you loved and cared about on the side? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> is that what you meant? It doesn't sound like it is. <laughs> what, what did you think it meant? Well, I thought you meant with King David. Like, did King David have? I think his whole life was a shadow family. <laughs> but, oh yeah, yeah. I meant like as as one of the like royal royal harem. Could you, you know, could you have like a little side thing going on with one of the palace servants? Right. Yeah, I think it would be kind of hard to 
to marshal that activity because you can't you can't keep eyes on a thousand people. Yeah, if you're that palace servant, though, like if you're, you know, you gotta. Well, there's a lot of risk involved. Yeah, I don't know how many servants are are willing to go for that, but. Yeah, I mean, not not to get too far into the alt right vernacular, but I mean, we are dealing with that's a that's that's a very big example of of being a cuck, right? If we're going to get technical about it. Mm. Of you I, know, good news, you you get to be with a member of the royal harem. She probably mm-hmm. smells really nice. She looks good. Bad news is, every couple <laughs> of years, the king gets her for a night. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Rich is out. <laughs> He's out on this one. Well, I, I, I continue the conversation. Uh, you, I think you lost me there, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, yeah, if I, okay. If you're one of the palace servants, if you're like a male servant in the palace and you have right. the opportunity to be with one of the royal concubines, that's probably better than anything else. That's probably better than any of your other prospects. Yeah. But the downside of that is every couple of years, the king's going to get her for a night. Right. Yeah. Indecent proposal style. Yes. Very good reference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe, I mean, maybe the the option of, of having a woman that doesn't have scurvy would uh, would outweigh the, the cons of that. But I don't know. But, you know, you're both probably going to die of some horrible disease at the age of 38 anyway. So, Right, yeah. I mean, Live fast, die young. That's... <laughs> yeah, sir. It's the Old Testament. It wasn't fun. No, yeah, but I, I, I do think you, I appreciate your hot take. I think that it definitely would be overrated to have a thousand wives. Because there's no, sure. there's no way you can, you, you could even come close to knowing the names. Right. Yeah. And and there's gonna. I mean, yeah, it's hard, hard enough. Like marriage is hard by itself, and you have all of those personality conflicts and you have all those, those other things going on. There's going to be a lot of drama and a lot of backbiting and whatnot going on in that household. So I'm going to, I'm going to go actually, I respect your take. I'm going to go the other way a little bit. I'm going to, sure. I'm going to reference college football. Uh, I live okay. in the land of God's favorite team, Alabama. Um, there's a saying here. If you're Alabama, you get everybody's best shot every single week. No matter who you're playing, it's mm. like their Super Bowl. It's their national championship. They're going to give you everything that they've got. Right. I think if you're Solomon, you're getting everybody's best shot every night of the week. That may be true. And I think, you know, it, in, in a sense, that might be good. I think that would be exhausting after a right. while. Yes. Yeah. Because, the, you know, every every wife you're with, she's not going to see you again for a couple years. And... She's thinking, I gotta, I gotta make sure he remembers me. Yeah, make an impression. And so, you know, maybe listen. It, it's without getting too graphic. I'm just gonna say, maybe, maybe Solomon's exhausted. Yeah, that that may be, because then the end of his life, you see that he kind of he slips into a little bit of uh, indifference. Like he's just like, yeah, whatever. Like you know, you you want to worship these gods, go for it. Um. And that could just be, yeah, he's, he's burnt out. He, he, he didn't have the, the 30 something experience of 
you know, having to wait up an extra hour for the kids to go to sleep before just like clumsily throwing yourself at your partner for about 15 <laughs> minutes. Like he, right. he never got that. It was always, you know, it was always an elaborate experience. When, right. At night. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know. I don't know what that does to a guy. Like I have no frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I, Pastor Rich. Neither do I. <laughs> But sure, Jake Goff yeah. probably does. We should have got Jake Goff to comment on that. Oh, we'd all need a, <laughs> to listen to a, quite a bit of Carmen afterwards. <laughs> Cleanse the palate. Uh, uh, okay, speaking of none of that, let's let's <laughs> do a uh, uh, let's do a fun, sexy Bible time shout out. Hey, shout out to Becca Stone sending us a wildly inappropriate selfie of herself wearing a fun sexy bible time shirt shout out with the caption hoping to catch a husband on my target run with this fun sexy bible time shirt i did not hear from her well actually Uh yeah i don't know she she was not conclusive on whether or not she found a husband at target so i will assume the answer was yes she did find a husband at target are we sure she's okay if we haven't heard from her since if she her last communique was I'm I'm headed to Target to find a husband. No, there was, <laughs> and no, then she just disappeared. <laughs> no, she she replied to us because I like the uh, the fun sexy Bible time account quote tweeted her with the caption, "Please stop sending immodest selfies. You're upsetting the Calvinists." Yeah, and uh, she replied back, "I am alive to upset Calvinist boys." All right, she's alive. She's alive. Update. <laughs> so I am sure she found a husband at Target. I'm sure he was super hot. So congratulations to you, Becca Stone. Just uh, notify us of the wedding date. Yes, absolutely. We'll be there with yes, we will. tuxedo t-shirts on. Every every host of Fun Sexy Bible Time will <laughs> show you a massive section of people. Every every Fun Sexy Bible Time host of all time. Yeah, That, we, would, that would be a rose gallery. It's, <laughs> there should be, like we should have a a non-conference conference. conference. <laughs> How, the, what would the breakout session is? We, we haven't planned to talk about this. So this no. is not like yeah. a, a clever, a clever <laughs> self-promotion. This just came out. We're of, terrible at segues. <laughs> we really are. What, what would the breakout sessions be like? Oh, um, I, so yeah, I don't know. How do you, I'm, I, the thing that really sticks out to me, and this is from early days, like one of the first uh, reviews you ever got on Fun Sexy Bible Time for the for the podcast on the official Apple website. I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was um, it was like a one star review, and it was like just people laughing. <laughs> like that was the entire review. Like they they hated it because it was just people giggling, and so. I don't know if the breakout session would be uh, how to giggle more or giggle less or how to add inflection to your giggles. But that, that seems like we do a lot of that, all of us. You know the story behind that review, right? No, I don't. You I do didn't, not. <laughs> didn't know there was a follow-up to it. <laughs> the story behind that review is uh, just starting the episode. No, I was just starting the, the, the podcast and I was like listening to other episodes, like other podcasts and like everybody was always like begging for reviews and, and, and ratings. 
And mm-hmm. I didn't really get, I was like, is that like a big, is that a thing? Is that, is that what you're supposed to do? Right. So, so I dropped a couple episodes and like nobody had reviewed it. So I was mm-hmm. like, F this. So I just went in with the fun, sexy Bible time account and left myself a one star review. Oh, Matthew. All right. That makes the story. You should not have told me that because that that's been memorialized in my mind. I'm sorry. Did I ruin it for you? You did. Um, (laughs) But I also love that that's how you reviewed your own show. (laughs) This is terrible. (laughs) No, I was really, I was hoping it was going to be just like some, you know, some run of the mill person scrolling through. Oh, fun, sexy Bible time. sounds like something that should pique my interest. And then, like that, that sounds like it lines up with my, my interests and then, and then goes into it. And it's like, this is, this is just people laughing and like was sincerely disappointed. We have had a uh, several one star reviews other than that. Yeah. So can we, have you, have you already talked about those? No, it, it's uh no, I shouldn't say reviews. We've had several ratings. We haven't had any that I oh, know any, of. There's I no feedback. I don't check it that often. So I don't know what it says, but, um, We've, we've had several other one-star reviews, which I'm always curious about that of like, why, like, I get it that this is not your cup of tea, but like, why did you click on it? Right. Like, why did you go out of your way to review something without leaving any kind of comment? No, but like, Just, like if you're, if you're genuinely offended by, by the content, like, why did you click on a podcast called Fun Sexy Bible Time? Right. Yeah. And it I'm seems like the name should be, be warning enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not even trying to be like a douchebag about it. Like, I'm just... I'm just curious, like, why? Like, what did you think was going to be here? Like, <laughs> what did you think would happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, that, and back to uh, the the t-shirts. I mean, this is a, a shameless plug for people to buy your merchandise uh, that I get no cut of, by the way. I'm just doing this out of the goodness <laughs> of my heart. What a better conversation starter. I mean, for good or bad. Like, if you wear a, a t-shirt that just boldly... <laughs> Down the middle says fun, sexy Bible time. And you walk around a public place. Somebody's going to stop you and ask you about it. That's, and that's where, that's where I, I'd like to know how the conversation goes. Like from right. that point, what do people say? Like, yeah. Uh, and you, I feel like we need to, yeah, give, give people like tips on this, that it's not, you can't just say like, Oh, it's a podcast and brush it off. Like you, you've got to, I don't know. I'd be okay with just saying anything like, you know, it, I was just, it's a Christian band from the eighties. Right. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Steve camp was a member of it for a little while. If only that were true. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Watson was in it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Also shout out to the Patreons, patrons, Patreons. I always get that screwed up. You think, I, I think, you think I'd get that right at some point. Shout out to the patrons on Patreon. There we go. I think Patreons, though, I mean, it, it should be its own vernacular because, I mean, they made the mistake of naming their website something confusing. It really so. is kind of confusing. Um, but shout out to you guys. Thank you for helping us to pay our hosting costs, and thank you for helping us to pay the, the co-hosts to come on. So, shout out. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for keeping us afloat all right so what do you want first you want a faith-based movie or do you want a impossible theology question Mm, let's end with impossible theology let's let's start with the faith faith faith-based movie okay i got some loose ends in this one someone needs you to help me with this one all right hit me okay 
I don't know if this is Pure Flix material or not. You have to help me decide that. <laughs> it might be too real for Pure Flix. Mm. Rich. Uh, name of the name of this faith-based movie that I'm pitching to you: True Love Waits. But Waits is spelled W-E-I-G-H-T-S. <laughs> so it's, it's a play on words. <laughs> it's a play on words. See, right off the bat, we're making you think. I was like, right. I think I know where this is going, but wait, you just threw me a curveball. What is this? Okay, so um, do, you, do you have a premise? Because oh, yes. I, I have there's a, a few different premise. ways I, I go with that. All right. I have a detailed premise, Pastor Rich. All right. Female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Emma. She has a name. Okay. Emma Nightingale. Ooh. <laughs> Emma Nightingale. Profession. Abstinence specialist. Speaks at conferences. Speaks at churches. Speaks to youth groups. Speaks the, she is the quintessential leader of the breakout session for teenage girls at youth conferences where she talks mm-hmm. about abstinence. She talks I, about, I know this girl. Yeah, I've met her. Can you picture her with the little TED, like headset microphone that like comes around and she's absolutely pacing, pacing the stage, you know, with her hands clasped in front of her, you know, a lot of hand motions talking about, uh, you know, God's gospel centered sexuality. So many hand motions, so many hand motions. Um, she has like a little side career of like this kind of under the table that like wealthy Christians will pay to have her like come out like for weddings and like the night before the wedding, give like a special one-on-one briefing to the bride of like what to expect and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just kind of put them at ease. Is that a thing? I, it is. It is. It is in, in this world. It is in the uh, cinematic multiverse of okay. True Love Waits. I hope it's a thing. I mean, but <laughs> it's, it sounds incredible, doesn't it? Your, your world building is extraordinary. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> But there's there's a catch. There's a catch, Rich. Pastor there's Rich. always a catch. She's lonely. <laughs> She's lonely, Pastor Rich. She herself never married. She has thrown herself into her work as an abstinence expert. Mm-hmm. Perhaps at the expense of her own happiness. Mm. She helps others find love. And yet she herself can't find it. Is she helping people find love, though? <laughs> She's helping people wait for true love. Wait for true love. Okay. All right. All right. Male protagonist. He has two first names. Okay. Braxton Kyle. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's his name. It's two first names. He's one of those guys. Braxton yeah. Kyle. Championship deadlifter. United States champion deadlifter was on track for the Olympic trials until he was tragically derailed by the unfortunate death of his wife in a weightlifting accident. Mm. She was at the gym. He was going to tell us how that happened. He was on the way to the gym. She called and said, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm going to go for the max. And he said, baby, wait for me. I'll spot you. Wait for me. Just wait for me. I'll be there. Unfortunately, he gets into an accident on the way and his wife tries to lift without him there to spot and she tragically perishes. True love did not wait. <laughs> so it sends him into a tailspin 
and you know it's a tailspin because there's like a like a like a like a, a shot of him like sitting at the bar with like like two days stubble on and he's like drinking like a like an ambiguous beer bottle and so mm-hmm. you know that like he's sliding deep into sin because right. he, it's he not has, a, it's like a jug with x's on it but because yeah he hasn't shaved <laughs> and he's drinking like ambiguous alcohol right so it destroys his 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 career as a as a weightlifter mm-hmm. and meanwhile emma nightingale struggling questioning they're on a collision course pastor rich can you see it i i see it it's <laughs> There's, it's not at all been broadcast up to this point. There's a there's a there's a twist, Pastor. There's a dark twist. It's always a twist. Emma tragically missing her mother. Her mother is gone. That's the but, that's the hole in her heart. She has no one to talk to about these things because her mother is gone. We see. Oh, by a, the way, her mother is dead. <laughs> like yes, this previously unintroduced character of her mother is we dead see, now. We see a shot of Emma Nightingale sitting in sitting in the, in the sanctuary, or not sanctuary, the cemetery, mm. speaking, crying to her mother's grave, talking to her. Hand gestures. Let's fast forward. Fast forward in the story. Emma and Braxton meet. Can can she trust herself to love? Can he open himself up to love again? These are the questions. They begin a a, a small small start of a relationship and she decides to to bring him home to meet her father still Mm -hmm. grieving the loss of emma's mother she walks in the door with braxton kyle her father turns white you he says you killed my wife oh no (laughs) yes pastor rich it was braxton kyle who was in the accident that killed Emma Nightingale's mother. Oh, no. And so now it's not just a one-way. It's not one-way angst. It's two-way angst. Because now Braxton is thinking, your mother crashed into me. And that's why I couldn't be there to save my wife. Yeah. It, it gets it gets dark. It gets this real, is real trippy. Fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm hooked in. All right. Is that is that it? <laughs> I mean, we could keep going. I'm that's just, that's I'm just, just the beginning. And let you let you take over. What okay. are your thoughts? So many thoughts, um, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think already that is probably a, a better movie than anything that's currently on Netflix. <laughs> um, yeah, because you got, I mean, just the existential crisis of of the double, the person that killed you that was responsible for the death of your wife also is responsible for the death of your potential second wife <laughs> mother like i mean that's that's some some real real drama there um it is not at all where i thought you were going to go with that um also there's a subplot involving atheist college professors that want to declare god dead right well that's standard <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> um, there, okay. So I have the other thought is Emma Nightingale does is should not change her name to Emma Kyle. That's a terrible name. So they probably shouldn't be together anyway, or she should at least keep her name for her branding purposes. <laughs> I don't know how biblical that is or not. Uh, 
So, okay. And the, the weightlifting, I think that was the twist. I, I thought it was going to be about either weight gain or weight loss. <laughs> um, and so I was expecting that. And then, but again, if you want to add some like double, triple layers in this, you could, you could add that too. So he's a weightlifter who then begins to gain weight because of his depression. Um, and then like she helps him, Emma like also helps him like take the weight off. And that's part of like true love, true love weights. So you had a, you had a completely different expectation. I had a completely different expectation. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But it's okay. I think, I think the tale that you have woven is, uh, significantly better. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go to, let's go, let's go to casting. Let's go straight to casting. Straight to casting. Emma Nightingale played by Sadie Robertson. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think all my references are too dated. Yeah, <laughs> my first thought was like Mandy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough because every time I try to think of like who like a young actor or actress is, it's it's somebody who like present day is like thirty five, right? Because yeah. I don't watch a lot of films anymore. All right, okay. for the role of Braxton Kyle, tricky role to cast because mm-hmm. you know you, you can't just cast like some. You can't just cast somebody who's not physically able to pull it off. Right. They got to be a believable. Although, I mean, Christian films don't always follow that, that protocol. How but. dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Making his, his feature length debut. But what? Okay. What's the age gap there in real life? Between uh, she's gotta be, it's, it's doable. I think she's like early 20s and he's like 30. Okay. Yeah, that's and she's older than I thought she was. Again, because <laughs> my only reference of her is from when that show was popular, which was quite a while ago. And so in my head she was still like 14 or whatever. I saw her speak somewhere at like a youth conference. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember anything she said, but it seemed inspiring. She did use a lot of hand gestures, so I think she's cut out for the role. Yeah. Yeah, tough to tough to have her in the role and not just picture the dead girl from uh, the Switchfoot movie. What was that called? Um, a Walk to the, Remember. Walk to Remember, yeah. Mandy Moore. Yeah. That remains, right. one, that remains one of my hottest takes of all time, that A Walk to Remember promotes missionary dating. I don't think that – that was a, a legitimate discussion, I think. Because um, when that came out, I think we had like a discussion in youth group about – how that wasn't actually inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, that's so real. That's Way so to real. convert somebody. It's so real. It's so real. And you knew she was pure because of her little like sweater pullover thing, like her little right. cardigan. And that's how you tell. Yeah, sweaters, sweater like cardigans are the white cardigans are like the Christian burka, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, casting. We got to go. We got to cast Emma Nightingale's father. Mm-hmm. I think he's a professor. I see him as a professor. Mm-hmm. We'll call him uh, uh, Lucius Nightingale. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Sure. You know, every once in a while, like a faith-based movie will pull like an improbable Hollywood appearance for like a minor mm-hmm. role of somebody like clearly just showing up to collect a check. Yeah, but it's got to be B-list. It can't oh, be. Okay. I was going to oh. go Jeff okay. Goldblum. Well, that that would be a good a good poll. I really need Jeff Goldblum in this okay. role. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, just just for the scene of like 
her like Emma Nightingale like trying to talk to her father about how lonely she is and Jeff Goldblum just doing Goldblum things of oh, right. yes 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 ah I, lonely huh <laughs> does he does he wear glasses in this one oh elaborate glasses right. elaborate okay. glasses with a uh, with like a a chain on the back mm. oh more elaborate than I thought even, do they connect maybe even like connect a, at the front maybe even like a monocle like a monocle with a chain I, he he'd go all out. Because on a small production, like nobody's going to tell Jeff Goldblum no, so he could right. show up with like a top hat and a monocle, and they'd be like, uh, y- "Yes, sir, Mr. Goldblum, uh, you 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 do what you need to do." I, as they should. Mm-hmm. I also okay. think that Braxton Kyle needs a like a wisecracking sidekick who mm-hmm. is one hundred percent going to be some kind of like non-threatening ethnic presence. Okay. Just so that we can have like some multiculturalism that doesn't scare anybody in the film. Mm-hmm. Sure. So he's like Filipino or something. <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> uh, I like that. That's your go-to for non-threatening. <laughs> Just somebody you can't like immediately pin down of like, they're this, this race and that there's not like abundant stereotypes about. So I, I have I have no no emotions no there's no feelings attached to Filipinos <laughs> so or it could be like or it could be a black guy like with dialogue written by white people who don't have any black friends right yeah where it's like all completely a lot of dogs and, <laughs> yes. you know. dog this is whack <laughs> you're Braxton Kyle you you you're supposed to be in the Olympics dog. <laughs> And you can tell the people who wrote the dialogue, like, have, you know, have never met a black person. Right. Would it, would it be the guy from the Cosby show who works at Trader Joe's oh. now? Okay. Oh, we gotta, gotta be careful. We might have a uh, Casey Haas call in with it, with an extension of her rant from the other day about Jeff. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that may, that may be warranted. I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, it seems like the guy needs some work and, some some film work. I know that he's he's got legitimate work at Trader Joe's, but um, he might maybe he wants to maybe he's got the acting bug still, and this is, could itch that for him. Is there anyone else that you feel like needs to be in this movie before we move on? Um, well, I'm trying to think of what other characters. I mean, you could have like a uh, like overly aggressive weightlifting coach, um, like who you're always kind of nervous about, like what he what he's going to do. Played but by he's, Mark he doesn't Driscoll. Played by Mark Driscoll. Yeah, exactly. That was not my. That was not where my head was going. But that's perfect. Man, you gotta lift the ways. You know, Jesus didn't tap. Jesus didn't tap you, pussy. Come on, lift. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, I mean, because it would be there's. I feel like a lot of those movies have someone who is presented as like an antagonist, who you're you're just like nervous about the whole film, and then doesn't his character doesn't go anywhere, doesn't actually do anything. Derek and, from McGee and Me. That's a dated reference. I don't know if you got that, but I got you. I got you. Picking up what you're laying down. Right, so, I guess. yeah, like just a little bit of a threat in the background, but it doesn't tie into the plot at all, or like have any resolution. Oh, so it's just like it's an orphaned plot element. It's just completely abandoned. Right. Yeah. And so that could be there. Like, yeah, Driscoll's over there just yelling at him the whole time, and you're like, "What's that guy capable of? What's he gonna do? This isn't gonna end well." He's, he's, he's the just, faith-based equivalent of uh, the. Uh, Martin Cove from Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, that's a got some good pulls today. 
Yeah, I'm, th- these are these are deep cuts today on Fun Sexy Bible Time. Mm. Hey, I'll, okay. one, speaking of my hot takes, Derek was the star of McGee and Me. Like his his character arc through the entire series mm-hmm. had more. It was is more interesting than any other character in that entire show. That's I'll my, buy that. That's my hot take. You know, he started off as the bully, and then uh, mm-hmm. like turned into like a like a conflicted and yet ultimately sensitive protagonist. Yeah, you actually see some character growth development there, it, which it, you you don't see with anybody else in that show. He was <laughs> all the these static characters. Yeah, capped off by that. his his mesmerizing fight scene, and twas the fight before Christmas. That is a very deep cut that I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I think in that one, Nick runs afoul with like a like a like a incredible street gang, mm-hmm. uh, like written by people who had no idea what street gangs were. Right. And uh, Derek was a member of the street gang, and the street gang decided they were going to attack Nick. And Derek like broke up with the gang as like his final step in towards becoming a good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the like the climax, the street gang attacks Nick on Christmas Eve on like Main Street. They pull him into an alley and they're beating him up. And Derek runs in and like defends Nick and like fights the gang leader. Huh. So that's a real like Jesse with a pill addiction. Like <laughs> <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I'm, so, yeah. I'm so scared. <laughs> How do those how do those kids and say about they'll get in each other's bedrooms? I've talked about this before on the show, but I'm gonna talk about it again. How do you get in somebody's bedroom? Like if I like in my youth group years, if I had set foot inside a girl's bedroom, I would have mm-hmm. just like immediately peed my pants and or passed out. And these guys are just like wandering in and out of each other's bedrooms like the entire show. That's true. Um I mean Zach Morris has got the the plot escape of being able to just do a timeout and then do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. um, which is not a power that <laughs> I believe he used for good. But uh, so there's that. I don't know. I don't know how Slater and Screech and them can justify it. Just a lot of a lot of doing a lot of climbing up trees and gutters. Uh, and also, like, are we supposed Having to believe really? The- Really passive parents who have no idea. What's how, about, going. how about invisible parents in that show? That's true. Yeah. Are we supposed yeah. to believe that that Zach never once used the timeout for truly nefarious gains? No, I, I, that's what I was going for. I think absolutely. I mean, are we are we sure he didn't time out and just you know go check out the girls' locker room here and there? I think. I mean, yeah. We knowing teenage boys, there's there's no way that. He was just like, I'm going to use this to get Mr. Belding. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, Zach. Mr. Belding. Underrated character. Suffered from bad writing on that show. They never gave him any funny jokes, but he was he was still a good character. Well, so I, now I'm really curious because I, I have no memory. Do we do we ever meet a parent on that show? Yeah, we met we met like uh, Slater's dad. who's in the military. Um, okay. I think Zach's parents, we met them at some point. I don't remember the others though. But they're not like reoccurring characters. No, it, it was kind of yeah. like, uh, it's kind of like Topanga's dad in Boy Meets World. How like, right. he was kind of like here and there. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah. So, Mr. Belding is, is really in that, that too cool for school teacher that 
uh, rides the motorcycle. Like those are really the only adult. No, no, that's that guy's from Boy Meets World. Now I'm now I'm even crossing over. I'm following you. Though. You're talking about Mr. Feeney. I was thinking Mr. Feeney, but then what's the the teacher? Uh, the one with the mullet. What was his name? Yeah. Um, doggone it! That's gonna kill me now. We've gone too far down the rabbit We've hole. Too far. I'll look it okay. up as, as we continue on. But, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably my favorite Mr. Building moment is uh, the one where Rod Belding comes in and uh, like becomes like this cool teacher. It's his all, brother? Yeah, his brother. All the kids fall in love with him, but then uh, yeah. uh, Rod Belding like flakes out on them. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Building has to like step in at the last moment. Pick and, up uh, the pieces like always. Yeah. Then they realize they, they all, they all kind of have like this newfound respect for Mr. Belding when they realize that, you know, he's not cool, but he's responsible. And yeah. And that's more important. Yeah. Feel the morals. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed, I enjoy those little TGIF moments of like drama that they would sneak in there. Mr. Turner played by Anthony, Mr. Turner, Anthony Tyler Quinn, Mr. Turner. Absolutely. Okay, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Turner, Mr. Feeney were the were the grownups. You did meet um, the Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Corey's Corey's parents were regular characters, and then those two. But Saved by the Bell had yeah basically no no other adults besides Mr. Bell, <laughs> yeah. which is weird. Yeah, I mean that's that's a real Charlie Brown situation you got in your hands there. Well, they had the guy from the uh, the guy at the restaurant that did the magic tricks, and he was like super creepy. But he was supposed to be like twenty five, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. He kind of faded away in the in the later seasons. Yeah. Well, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Impossible theology questions. Before we got to pull ourselves out of the rabbit hole here, Pastor Rich. Yeah, but oh. this this definitely is not going to be a rabbit hole. Oh, okay. This is this is a. I don't want you to think I'm cheating, but this is like a variation of one that I've, we've done before. It's just okay. got a wrinkle in it. I just want to see how you react to it. Okay. So I, I had not briefed you on this beforehand. You're walking into this no, blind. This is I'm totally blind. So you're 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 a pastor, mm-hmm. and somebody comes in to see you. It's a man, uh, let's say 40, 40-ish, um, and he has been divorced from his wife, and his wife is a member of your church, mm-hmm. and you know that she has been praying for her ex-husband, like hoping that he would eventually come around. And apparently he has because he comes in to see you and says, I realize that I should have never left my wife. Um, you know, I'm, I'm repenting now. You know, I'm trying to get right with the Lord. And I just realized I, sh- I got to get back with her. I got it. We got to We got to fix this. We have to mm-hmm. reconcile this marriage and put it back together. And you know, in the back of your mind, she wants this. Like she, she wants to be reconciled to him. Right. Okay. So you're thinking, open and shut case, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll help this guy get back together. We'll do some counseling. We'll make sure everything's fine. And then, you know, maybe we can work towards a reconciliation. Mm, Not so fast. You realize through the course of talking to this guy, he is living with another woman and he has her pregnant right now. And they're not married, but she is pregnant with his child and about to give birth. And he is saying, I'm going to walk away from this other woman and my unborn child to fix what I started with my first wife because I read the Bible and the Bible tells me that that that's my wife over there. And I got to fix that. Mm. So pastor Rich, really taking us on a roller coaster today, Matthew, pastor rich. What (laughs) do you do? Uh, 
Man, so I, I mean, I think we we start with like honesty and transparency, right? So <laughs> then we, um, I don't know how how quickly you bring the ex wife into the loop, but yeah, I mean, I think if if she is being pursued by the ex husband and that is what she wants, um, she should know he's he's interested in reconciliation, but these are the the hangups here <laughs> with <laughs> with current living girlfriend. I mean, yeah. So it's, there's it's some. A no, it's a no win. I mean, it's it, a no there's, win. There's no easy. Sure. There's no easy here. I'm, I'm bailing you out a little bit. Like, yeah, no, no. I, I'm not expecting I, you to just come up with the perfect answer. It's just that's kind of fun. No, I mean, it. that's a messy situation for sure. But yeah, so I think we got we got to tell the truth. We got to. Um, I think I do think there's got to like at what at what point has he found true faith? And if he's like, if he didn't see an issue, like step one, you know, like living with his girlfriend and getting her knocked up, like, you know, where, where is that coming into play? And if he doesn't see an issue with abandoning them, how does that work? Um, I mean, or you just go like the Abraham and Hagar route and kick her out in the street. So (laughs) that's, that's biblical too. (laughs) And the 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 unborn child is is just one of the con- confounding v- variables here. Of well, he may go on to start Islam, but I mean that's the price you pay. But no, uh, yeah, unborn child matters, and we gotta. Are gotta we taking? Way to- are we taking away his father? You know, to fix something that the father has already destroyed. Yeah, he's not he's not getting out of his responsibilities there. I mean, whether he ends up with ex-wife or not, like he still needs to be active in his in his kids upbringing. You just yeah, it's going to be super awkward Thanksgivings, but <laughs> got <it. laughs> all sorts of all sorts of ways it could go even worse as is, you know, what happens if if the ex-wife says I want the husband back but I don't want to have anything to do with that just that just reminds me of his sin his other family over there I don't want to deal with that right then what which would be that's a that's a natural reaction I I get that um yeah so I mean that's but yeah so then you've got to deal with there's there's some issues there too like what you know why can't you like uh, I don't know I'm not going to defend that (laughs) And then what happens if, if the, the living girlfriend says, I'm, I'm not willing, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to separate with you. I want to build a family with you. You know, this is my, this is, this is our child together. And now you're going to break this up. You know, is, is I, this, is this what being a Christian is all about? You're going to destroy a family here? I don't know how, how you see the role of a pastor, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> like to some extent, I'm not a like family court attorney. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, there's things, there's advice and counsel I can give and, but I'm not dictating how they live their life. No, this, um, this is, this is how I, the role I see as a pastor. I'll see the pastors. Pastors love nothing better than abstract theological arguments. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's how I view the role of a pastor. That, that's why I'm dropping this, right. this podcast of, of you and not, not calling, well, you know, you and the other repressed pastors who listen to this can just turn this over and over in your mind. Yeah, I love love the hypotheticals. 
it yeah but then it gets like the thing about the hypotheticals is though i don't all these things are real situations like even the whatever the craziest thing you can think of like the most dysfunctional situation <laughs> that's somebody's life yep and and they might walk into your office tomorrow like so i th- i think that's part of uh, like I don't now I'm hesitating to call it a game, but like that's part of the game for for me is like I I love thinking about like the, the in the abstract, like what would happen in this situation because I might have to deal with that situation sometime. Mm-hmm. And and kind of knowing too, I, I think I think that's important also more than maybe as much as anything, like knowing where the boundaries are. Like what do I see the role of a pastor of a pastor as? Like Am I going to manipulate their lives and force them to do something, which I don't think is my job (laughs) or like point them to wise counsel and say, you guys need to figure this out. Yes. You got to say, guys, that's a tough one. You might want to pray and read the Bible over this one. Yeah. There's, there's a reason that I have a a list of therapists that I refer people to. There's, there's plenty of things that are not my job, but you can get, fool yourself and think that maybe they are so i don't know trying to trying to sort that out (laughs) and then then i always like like the jesus approach of things of like answering questions with questions or like the the king solomon wisdom of like i'm gonna cut the baby in half (laughs) and you can each have half of it like what i i always wonder like what that answer is like how do you like what's the right like piercing thing that you can jab in there then they'll help them get to the answer on their own like mm-hmm. but i don't know how you get there you just pray for wisdom when god asks you tells you you can have anything you want listen first of all how dare you actually interject <laughs> solid theology in a serious manner on this podcast i know i know because the premise is so absurd no <laughs> that's we're gonna we're gonna get a slew of one star reviews thanks to thanks to this episode. We better. I wonder. Like I, I want that to be something that that you aspire to. Like it may not be, but like the people that are like I think you're right that your target audience is is probably already listening or like gonna invite other people to listen. And so since you already have your core demographic, what why don't we all just give like just multiple one star reviews <laughs> and try to make it like, cause there's gotta be some kind of record. Like that's a notoriety in and of itself. If it's the worst podcast <laughs> on iTunes and then people have to listen just to see what the fuss is about. No, I think the, uh, the worst podcast, uh, the worst Christian podcast is already taken. It's called. Oh no. The, the secret weapon of, of fun sexy bible time is just the fact that i you know i don't care <laughs> yeah that's true I, apathy I, is I a care. strong motivator <laughs>